0: There are things that stick with us the smell of freshly cooked bacon wafting through the air on a morning from our childhood the sound of your very first concert echoing through your mind the feel of a first kiss or a last the dread of that moment when you feared for your life because of circumstances beyond your control the disgust carrying forward from that long ago bout with illness the one that knocked you cold and caused you to miss a highly anticipated event. These things are always lingering nearby, waiting for the right moment to call back to us, to remind us of their power. I am calling from Elm Lake. I can't shake Andrea's words. I've tried to, but they're sticking with me. The accusation of not having anything I want, and the judgment in her eyes as she cradled her own doll from the glass eye. I always thought that I had things I wanted, but if the glass eye is turning those things into dolls, and articulating those wants in ways we may not have been able to and maybe i've been wrong this entire time. No, that can't be. It clearly can't. After all, i'm human. I'm part of this town. I must have wants. I'm pushing the signal out for others to hear, which must mean that I have a desire for connection, even if it is largely one-sided. I must crave others to hear and understand me, so why would Samantha and Marissa not have anything for me? There must be some other reason. Unless, of course, my wants are too esoteric to be recreated into a doll form. I mean, that must be it, right? They can't figure out exactly how to anthropomorphize my desires, and that's why I'm missing out. Either that, or there's an even more frightening reason. And that's the idea that I don't actually know my own wants. If I don't know my wants, how can they possibly determine them for themselves? and craft something that would be appropriate. So yes, you could say that Andrea's words have stuck with me. They have lingered, unbidden and unrequested, all to taunt me with what may be an undiagnosed truth. It's definitely causing me issues and I haven't slept well since seeing Andrea. Insomnia isn't even quite the right word for my lack of sleep, but it's the closest. Poor eating, lots of stress, and an inability to get anything approaching restful sleep, all because of my worries about what Andrea said, have marked the past few weeks for me. don't think I'm the only one who hasn't been sleeping, however. I've taken to wandering at night since I'm not able to actually get rest, and I've seen Jenny Fowler wandering the streets with more rapidity than usual. My eyes have been drawn to her basket swinging on her left arm, but it's clear that the basket is unusually empty. It doesn't have the heft that it normally does and I don't notice Jenny stop a single time to put anything into it. Normally her basket seems almost overflowing and she's always adding strange new items into it. But now it's just swinging empty and seems like little more than an accessory. My mind keeps drifting to the idea that if Jenny was a doll, The basket would be sold as an additional item to add to the realism, but that's just silly. She's still clearly the same Jenny she's always been. Mysterious, sure, but not any different. Dark circles under her eyes, as though she hasn't been sleeping well. And she's got a tiny bundle in her right arm, which must be her own doll from the glass eye. I haven't been able to get a good look at it, and while she's always very cordial with me when we encounter each other, she makes a point of ending the conversation very quickly. Something is always coming up, and Jenny scurries off before I can see exactly what it is that she's carrying. Angus has also been out and about at odd hours of the night. His limp is more pronounced, and he looks weak. I notice that his right hand is bandaged, and he isn't carrying any of the tools he normally travels the streets with. The town handyman just doesn't seem like he's got any tasks that need to be completed, which is bizarre. I see fence gates sticking, windows refusing to shut completely, and I've heard citizens complain about dripping faucets. Clearly there is work for Angus to do, but he's walking around with his eyes empty. And I swear that some of the nights I've seen him walk, there's been a dripping trail following him. He hasn't been carrying his own doll, at least not on his nighttime walks. But I know that the doll is at home on his porch keeping watch over the area from its perch. There's something about the doll specifically and I can't quite put my finger on it. I've tried to head to the glass eye many times since I spoke with Andrea, and every time the windows are shuttered and the door is locked. It's almost as though I'm being kept away And it causes me to spiral back to the concept of want and desire. This naturally leads me to another sleepless night, and the cycle repeats.
1: Anthony just doesn't get it. He's gotten caught up in the concept of want. In fact, he's focused so much on it he's missing the forest for the trees. Andrea gave him a secret about the glass eye. But that isn't the only secret. They don't just fulfill a want for their customers. They also fulfill a need. Maybe Anthony doesn't have a need. Maybe everything he needs is already met with his broadcast studio and his seemingly random encounters with the rest of Elven Lake. Maybe his wants are small because his needs are largely being fulfilled. Or it just isn't the right time for him. My own dolls, of course, are quite precious to me. I've got ones to represent most of the town. A little collection I've assembled. They are fulfilling a need for conversation. Lorraine, Anthony and Jenny have all had brief conversations with me, but nothing lingering. I keep trying to make time to speak with Amelia, to have a cup of tea with her. She keeps avoiding me for reasons I cannot even begin to understand. But the door that represents her, she talks with me all the time. We have long conversations and talk about things we could do to improve Elm Lake. I've got big ideas. Sure, there are times where it seems like she's trying to encourage baser, darker impulses. But I just want to make the town better. They satisfy a need. My need for conversation and connection and to be heard. It's easy for me to slip underneath the radar. So I think I've been hoping to be heard for a long time. And thanks to the owners of the Glass Eye I'm getting that need fulfilled. I need to stop by again tomorrow. I think it's time I added an Anthony doll to my collection. It's really too bad that I can't complete the collection, but Lorraine was able to get a limited edition that isn't going to be replicated.
0: That's odd. I could have sworn that I saw Marcus Grant staring at me. I haven't seen Marcus in what feels like weeks. He's always been quiet, not having a lot to say. But I usually at least see him wandering the streets. I don't think I've seen him since shortly after Lorraine got her doll that she called George. The streets overall have been quieter when I think about it. I did get an opportunity to meet up with Amelia the other day. We sat and had a brief conversation over bowls of stew, warming the heart as much as the belly. I tried to ask her about her doll and she kind of brushed the topic off. She mentioned something about keeping it inside of a box and that it was helping her deal with some experiences of her own. When I tried to press, she changed the subject. Saying something about how I wouldn't really understand. Wait. No. She didn't say understand. She said remember. She said I wouldn't really remember. That's a strange way of explaining the whole situation away. I could tell she didn't want me to press the issue though, so we shifted to talking about Lorraine and Angus and the impressive performance put on by Jonas Tompkins at the moon festival. It was at this point that Emilia asked me if I noticed the moon splitting thanks to Jorge Sanchez doubling finding a second i had and i nodded an acknowledgement that's when she said that's kind of like what the dolls are a splitting doubling a creation that isn't quite of this world but isn't fully separate from it either. The rest of the conversation was normal, about the weather and what big plans we had for the next time that the school opened up as a farmer's market. Our stew and pleasantries ended, we parted ways, promising that we would do this again. Before that, though, I'm feeling drawn back to the glass eye. There's something lurking there that I just need to figure out. Andrea's words prick at me. I know there's something deeper. I need to get a moment with Marissa if I can. She seems more accessible. Samantha seems less willing to talk, but she's almost always the one who's been waiting. Somehow, my answers are waiting. Calling from Elm Lake, episode 37. What you need was written and produced by Sean Monahan. The voice of Elm Lake is Sean Monahan. The voice of Marcus Grant is Mick Reyna. Opening and closing themes written and performed by Sean Monahan. All other music written and performed by Matt McInnes. Find out more at machinasmusic.com. Thank you for listening to our ongoing tale. If you've enjoyed our stories so far, please leave a rating and review. Word of mouth will help us continue to grow and unfold new tales within our universe. You can also join us at www.patreon.com slash calling from Elm Lake to help support us as independent artists carving out our own space in this creative world. We all have needs that must be fulfilled. Food, shelter, touch, companionship. Leaving those needs unfulfilled creates gaps in our souls. Openings that can potentially be filled with things looking for nefarious purpose. Temper your own needs and make sure that the holes are too small to cause any serious harm. Coupling needs with wants gives a fuller picture of how to interact with others, gives us a basis to move forward. The most important thing is to make sure that your own needs do not violate the willingness of another to help fulfill them. Working with others to fulfill needs can help create a bond that is almost unshakable.